Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another Ask Me Anything episode. This is audio pulled from my weekly Facebook Live, which you can catch every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash the Clovis culture. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. I know that leaving a podcast review can be quite tricky, so I have made this as easy as possible for you. All you have to do is visit ratethispodcast.com slash Clovis. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash Clovis. I've also included this link in the show notes, so you can just click that link and it will show you a list of podcast platforms. Select your favorite podcast platform and you will see step-by-step on-screen instructions for exactly how to leave a podcast review. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps and it truly means the world to me. Thank you. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis and I am in the business of changing people's lives for the better. I am a certified nutritional therapist and I have helped over 1,000 people just like you transform their health and wellness. And I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the exclusive members-only content that Clovis has to offer. Just visit IamClovis.com slash start. I-A-M-C-L-O-V-I-S dot com slash start start. You will find videos of yours truly and you will find some incredible transformation stories from real life Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the incredible stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 19 pounds in 21 days, 100 pounds in 6 months, you name it, I have a client who has done it. And you can too. Check out IamClovis.com start and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, I am offering you a very special deal on the Perfect Paleo Powder. 30% off your first purchase. In fact, that 30% discount will be applied to your entire cart for your first purchase at IamClovis.com. Head over to IamClovis.com, check out the Perfect Paleo Powder and all the other products that I have available, and you will get 30% off your first purchase. Just use promo code PERFECTPODCAST, all one word, P-E-R-F-E-C-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Perfect podcast, all one word. Apply this discount code at checkout and you will receive 30% off your entire first order. Just visit IamClovis.com to grab this special deal. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. Wait for it. Wait for it. What's up, everybody? It's Justin. Welcome to Live Ask Me Anything Number 109. This was a handful getting here, ladies and gentlemen. I felt like a technological illiterate because Facebook changed the entire Facebook Live platform and they really make it a bitch to go back to the old one. So I spent the last five minutes getting familiar with this new Facebook Live platform. So uh, if somebody's here with me right now, uh, first of all, let me make sure that this is even working properly because this is madness. 
I'm gonna open a new tab and make sure that I can see myself on this page, which is just ridiculous. Okay, cool, there I am, I am live, I see that. Looks like there's 12 viewers there. Uh, I see, got a comment from Judy. Okay, so if you're here, please comment so I know that people are here. What's up, Judy, how's it going? Um, we got some live viewers, only got that one comment. Please leave me some comments, let me know. Um, that this thing is working properly. Let me know that you can hear me properly. So a couple things, I'm actually using uh, this new Facebook Live setup that they have, and then I'm also using a brand new app on my computer to record this podcast. I used to use GarageBand, using this new service right now that also transcribes it at the same time. This way on the show notes page, I can have a full transcription of the whole episode, which is really cool. So if this platform works out, I'm gonna continue to use it in the future. It could be really, really cool. So anyway, testing out some new stuff while I'm home, social distancing, just working on different things, checking out different softwares and stuff like that. What's up, Cameron? What's up, Karen? Welcome, welcome. Okay, this is cool. I was nervous I wasn't gonna be able to see um, comments, but I can see comments, I can see pretty much everything. God, it's so weird when they switch something up on you. It's like a complete brain meltdown, you know? Like this platform's just really weird. But anyway, we are here for live. Ask me anything, number 109. Sounds great. All right, thank you, Judy. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so let's dig in. One, I'm here for you. This is mostly gonna be a group engagement uh, video here, these live videos, particularly with what's going on with social distancing. I wanna know what's on you guys' minds. I've done a lot of these um, you know, AMAs that are kind of big time presentations where we've talked about the immune system or what's actually happening with the economy of COVID-19 and all these different things and blah, 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 blah. Um, people want to continue to um, you know, look into this COVID thing, of course, it's on, it's, it's top of mind for everybody. So I just want to make sure if you guys still want to talk about coronavirus, COVID-19, ask me all your questions. Let's dive into that stuff for sure. Um, I learned a lot of interesting stuff on some podcasts today while I was working out. Um, so I'm happy to talk about that. I've been talking to a lot of people about income streams and working from home. If one thing we know that is very clear is the economy is going to be very different moving forward, um, for sure. So I want to jump into a couple of that thing, a, a couple of, of those topics through the lens of coronavirus. I have a couple of questions here that I think are really, really great that will kind of get this conversation started. Um, we will be looking at things through the lens of coronavirus, through COVID-19, because I think that's still really important to do. Um, that said, I wanna make sure that I leave plenty of room for you guys to give me some other comments, talk about some other things if you want. I do have a, a great question. I have questions about um, fitness. I have questions about uh, fat burners versus sugar burners. So I did have some cool questions come in and I'm happy to dig into those. I mean, we got the full hour. So I figure I'm gonna dig into um, a couple of these questions through the lens of coronavirus because that's top of mind for everyone. And then I figure we can we can just go from there and hang out, everybody. I got my Healthy Rebellion t-shirt on, Rob Wolf, The Healthy Rebellion, which is awesome an awesome little community that i'm a part of now i really really love it what's up judy laura hey tribe steve what's up brother how you doing dave looking forward to our coaching call tomorrow yeah me too man thank you for booking that's awesome so that'd be cool book a coaching call if you want to go to iamclovis.com slash coaching here's a link for that iamclovis.com slash coaching and i'm going to talk a little bit about the coaching calls in this first question that we have here because um, the shift in conversation there has changed dramatically. I've done a lot of, of coaching calls through the month of March as all of this madness has unfolded and we really don't talk much about nutrition anymore, which is really interesting. Um, I am kind of a walking billboard for the way that I tell people to re recession-proof themselves uh, because I'm able to take... Um, you know, questions about anything. I can take I can take questions about income or entrepreneurship or whatever. Chris, are you isolating from your razor? Yeah, man, that's why I'm doing this. Crazy ass hair, crazy ass beard. Yeah, 
What do you care about my face, bro? Huh? <laughs> We're all social distancing, man. So, um, yeah, anyway, we'll figure out haircuts and razors and all those things eventually. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know how long we're going to do this. Uh, maybe I'll stop shaving the whole time. That'd be really funny. <laughs> I just won't shave for the next 12 months. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I think this is going to affect us for legit 12 months, uh, by the way. You guys, if you're not prepared for that, you should be prepared for that. Some kind of social disruption of some kind for the next 12 months, I would say, easily. Um, so, yeah, this whole thing about people thinking that May 1st is just going to be normal somehow. No. So we're going to dig into that here with this first question because I think this is really important. So... I want to dig into this. I wrote down a couple of questions here. We'll dive in. I'll see what the comments look like, and we'll take it from there, everybody. I'm going to make sure this new podcast thing is recording. Yes, it's recording. It's transcribing me as I speak. That's really freaking cool. Technology is amazing. I need to lose weight. Help. That's the easiest thing in the world. That's what I'm here for, and that's what I have over 200-plus hours of free content to help you do. Want to lose weight? Super easy. Go to uh, here. I'll send you a link, actually, for a custom nutrition plan because... That is hands down the fastest way is to just get your hands on a custom nutrition plan from me and take it from there. And the next thing you know, you will just be losing a bunch of weight. Let me get this link. There we go. Copy. Here, I'll reply directly to you, Ashley. There you go. Work with me. Nice and easy. Fat loss is easy. Anybody who's in the group right now who has lost a boatload of weight with me, just go ahead and let her know how it works. It's nice and easy. Get a custom nutrition plan directly from me. We should totally do that. Um, oh, wait. What is going on here? Where did my comments go? Guys, this new thing is here. I'm going to open up a new window real quick. I'm really sorry. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm going to open it up like this. It's going to be a little bit of a delay here for me, but that's cool. I'd rather look at the comments here live. I don't like this new platform that they have for this whatsoever. It is not cool. Huh. That sucks. All right. Anyway, sorry about this, guys. Uh, we're still live, so I'll look at your uh, comments and everything here. Let's dig in. Let me find my questions. I got to bring that back up now. I'm really sorry. They threw me for a loop with this new system. It is really bananas, everybody. It's bananas. All right. So we got my questions pulled back up here. Thank the Lord. Sorry this is taking so long. There we go. Okay. Question number one. This has to do with stress, which obviously is top of mind for everybody right now. And we'll talk about this through the lens of coronavirus again. So here's the question. After talking with my doctor and reviewing my labs, she was explaining to me about stress and the effects it had on weight loss, sleep, and hair loss. Can you elaborate on this? My cortisol was going up at bedtime, and she said this was not great. Wanted me to continue taking melatonin after COVID-19. Just thought this would be helpful to others. Yes, it will be helpful to others. And... The other big thing is talking about after COVID-19, I don't really know that that's a thing. I think COVID-19 is going to be around for a very long time. I really do. I don't think COVID-19 is going anywhere anytime soon, uh, and it will probably ebb and flow. I think there will be social distancing, there will be relaxed measures, and we will go back out into the world, and then we will see more cases, and we will res restrict social things again, and back and forth, back and forth, until we have reliable treatments and vaccinations and all these things. So um, that's how that's going to go. But anyway, so let's dig into this. So I wanted to touch on this because it's so critically important to fully understand stress and what stress is doing to us right now. It's huge. And of course, we have to look at that through this current pandemic. We have no choice, right? 
So what I want you to think about here is when we when we look at this term comorbidities, everybody keeps using this term comorbidities as risk factors for complications of death, severe complications from COVID-19. What we're actually talking about is chronic stress, right? You guys will hear me talk about chronic diseases or like chronic metabolic disease or all these different metabolic diseases, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, all those things. These are chronic metabolic diseases. This is also putting chronic stress on the body. So this is constant stress on the body. So think of comorbidities as chronic stressors. Now, for those of you on social distancing, a must listen AMA, in my opinion, an AMA that I have is AMA number 28, Stress Sucks, where I explain stressors, beneficial stretch stressors, negative stressors, the way the body adapts, and how stress stacks and compounds. That's really important to understand. So if you have hypertension, let's say, that is a chronic stressor. It's actively placing stress on the body every moment of every day. If you also have type 2 diabetes, that's an additional stressor, actively placing stress on the body. If you are obese, add another stressor to the mix. And all of this stress is compounding. So we're now stacking stressors on top of one another. And then even beneficial things, which are still stressors, like exercise, no longer become beneficial and are in fact harmful if the stack of total stressors is too much for the body. So this is why I tell people who are obese and have diabetes and autoimmune conditions and all these things, they come to Clovis and I have them cut out all intense exercise for the first 30 days. I'm purposefully minimizing stressors because you have too many stressors in the body already and that exercise that could be beneficial for a healthy person is not beneficial for you. Now, there is a reason why the average person who dies from COVID-19 has an average of 2.7 comorbidities prior to their infection. Prior chronic disease is a big thing here. The body can't handle the compounding stress of all of the different stressors stacked on top of one another, and the system simply fails. I mean, the body literally can't continue with that amount of stress. That's how serious that this is. And right now, we're just talking about physiological stressors. Like these are physical stressors in the body, right? Now we jump into psychological stressors. Those also compound and they are added to the stack of other stressors, right? So this particular question was asked by Judy. And I have a long relationship with Judy as a client. We've done great work together. Her blood work is amazing now. And she's got these little tiny things that we're tweaking on the back end. But we'd also talked about how she struggles to go to sleep at night. Now, what we're saying here is not that she has trouble falling asleep. It's that she physically has a hard time getting herself in bed. Well, not physically, psychologically. She just doesn't want to go to bed, right? There's a, so many people that I've run into with this same problem. So this might resonate with some of you, but like it's 11 p.m., you know you should go to bed, you're actually pretty tired, and you just don't want to go to bed. There's something like preventing you from getting up out of the living room and going into bed to go to sleep, right? People end up wanting to start a project or they want to watch a movie or play games or whatever. Some people refer to this as like, oh, I got my second wind. And the second wind is really annoying because it happens to them late at night. So what this second wind is, is a spike in the hormone cortisol. And this is, generally speaking, I would say it's overwhelmingly due to unresolved psychological stress. And with Judy, we actually know this to be true because she did a hormone test, a 24-hour hormone test, testing the levels all along the way. And her doctor saw that her cortisol levels were spiking late in the evening. Cortisol is a stress hormone, okay? Now, normally, it's released at appropriate times during the day. 
So for instance, in in like the the early the wee early morning hours when like the sun's not even up yet, right? Those last couple hours of sleep, your cortisol levels begin to rise. This is what wakes you up, gets you out of bed, gets you going. It's like um, hitting the gas pedal in the morning. But you don't want to hit the gas pedal at night. At night, you want to hit the brake pedal. And the brake pedal is melatonin. At night, when the sun goes down, that's your body's trigger to start releasing melatonin to start touching that brake pedal. Cortisol is like the gas, melatonin is like the brake. But when the timing of those hormone releases is out of whack, it's almost impossible for me to overemphasize how detrimental that can be to the body. So I want to just give you a couple examples here that I wrote down of things that are caused by chronic stress. High blood sugar, hunger and sugar cravings, increased body fat storage, particularly abdominal fat. It suppresses the HPA axis, which we talked about before in Hormones Finding the Balance, all these episodes I've done. Suppressing the HPA axis reduces the production of all your sex hormones like like, uh, testosterone, those steroid hormones like testosterone, sex hormones like estrogen, all these things. Growth, uh, Growth hormone gets suppressed when the HPA axis is suppressed, okay? It also makes you less insulin sensitive. This is a very bad thing for any weight loss goals, not to mention increasing the risk of diabetes. So this is a huge problem, okay? And what sucks about all this is the cascade of effects that happens as a result of everything being out of whack. So we know that raised cortisol levels can lead to all the problems I just listed. And we also know that raised cortisol levels in the evening can ruin sleep quality, like we talked about. And we live in a world now where more than one third of Americans suffer from insomnia. And they take sleeping pills for it, which are terrible, right? Because undoubtedly, it's probably chronic stress is to blame for most of those cases of insomnia. And that ends up restricting their sleep and leading to poor sleep quality. Both of those things, restricted sleep, poor sleep quality, are, guess what? Additional stressors on the body. So now, I mean, there are, there are literally... Like you read the book, Why We Sleep, there are countless studies showing the damaging impacts from restricted sleep on fat loss and insulin resistance, like increasing the risk of type 2 diabetes, increasing the risk of Alzheimer's, which is known as type 3 diabetes at this point. Lack of sleep makes weight loss astronomically more difficult, okay? So another added stressor. And on top of this, at any given time in America, 50 to 60% of the population is dieting. And we know what dieting means in America. It means counting calories, starving themselves, eating plenty of healthy whole grains, so starving themselves of micronutrients, right? Blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, food pyramid stuff. So it's just they're crushing themselves with another added stressor. And I really, really want to talk about this right now with the coronavirus pandemic because dieting in a traditional sense is a terrible idea right now. It is just another added stressor, okay? It's just gonna keep stacking more and more stress on top of stress and it's compound, compounding. And for most people trying to lose weight, they then add an additional stressor, which we talked about earlier, which is intense exercise. They're doing intense exercise, they're starving themselves, all while this coronavirus thing is going on. It's crazy. So if we really sit and think about this and we summarize what's happening right now, we already have all the physical stress associated with metabolic disease, chronic metabolic disease, thanks to the standard American diet. Then we add chronic psychological stress, which leads to improper timing of hormone releases in the body. The improper timing of hormone release disrupts your sleep. Restricted sleep is another added stressor, which contributes to body fat gain and insulin resistance. 
Then people endlessly diet and restrict calories and starve themselves of critical micronutrients, right? Hoping to lose the weight that their body's holding on to thanks to all this other chronic stress. Then during their waking hours, they try to exercise harder in hopes of helping them lose this weight. And now we add COVID-19 to the mix. So what happens there? Just constant screen time, constant blue lights in our eyeballs, which suppresses melatonin. Your brain literally thinks that your blue screens are the sun and they think it's not nighttime, so they don't secrete melatonin in the brain. People are eating more junk food, which means less micronutrients and more calories. The news is scaring the shit out of us every 10 seconds, which is spiking our cortisol and adrenaline levels with these new stories of death. And then all the assholes on social media constantly fighting with each other with their strongly held beliefs and none of them know shit about shit right? And then on top of that, people are told to stay home, can't go to work. Now they're worried they can't pay their bills. Oh, and also worried that they might at any point die from a global pandemic of infectious disease. So the stacking of stressors at this moment in history is possibly worse than it has ever been in the history of mankind. And I say this to you because this is what makes Clovis so critical right now. Now, you need to start taking care of yourselves. You really need to start focusing on self-care and self-love. Absolutely. So here's just a couple of examples, right? Don't do the at-home CrossFit workout that your local gym posted and said, stop being lazy, no excuses, work out, right? Don't do that shit. Instead, maybe set a timer on your phone for every two hours and take a five minute break to do a little yoga flow. Five minute yoga flow every two hours throughout the day. Take a walk outside in the sunshine. Don't take your phone with you. No electronics, 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day. Don't starve yourself with chronic caloric restriction. Now is not the time for that, right? We can run new macros if you want and I can focus on optimal micronutrient intake for you for overall health through adding foods, not taking them away. You don't need the added stress of a chronic caloric deficit right now. Use very, very brief bouts of environmental hormesis like cold showers to boost your immune system three minutes a day, right? Cut way back on caffeine and stimulants. Cut way back on alcohol. Minimize your screen time after dark. Get a pair of blue blockers. I highly recommend a good melatonin supplement for people right now because sleep is critical. I don't always say take melatonin every single night, but I fully support that right now and there's good evidence for it for, um, uh, for helping with COVID as well. Now, the other thing is something that I don't think is being talked about enough right now is the streaming services that we have like Netflix, Hulu, everything, right? Everybody is watching entertainment that is so negative and ridiculously stressful. And we don't realize what that does on the body. Don't watch scary horror movies and don't watch dramas about psychopathic serial killers. Don't watch awful documentaries about the worst of the worst white trash people to ever exist right? Find light-hearted things. Watch silly comedies. Watch Modern Family, right? Watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Watch some stand-up comedy, something that is like light and bubbly. Like the sillier, the better. If you don't normally watch silly stuff, watch silly stuff right now. Do yourself a favor. Get good paperback fiction books. Read fiction books, okay? Instead of TV time at night, 
Gather the family together and play board games or do a puzzle. Have conversation. I don't care if this pisses off your kids that you pull them off the, the screens for one fucking hour of the day, right? I don't care. In my opinion, your number one job right now is stress mitigation. You must mitigate stress. You have to love yourselves a little bit more right now, please. This is a really big deal. And there's a reason why I'm leading this stress mitigation techniques because I want to dig into this next uh, question that I had as well. But I want to dig into some comments here and make sure I can see all your comments and everything. What do we got here? You won't regret it. Clovis, thank you, thank you. This is me. Cortisol shows it. Yep. What else we got? What about shift workers? Yeah, I was a shift worker for 17 years, Dave. So I actually uh, used to use... I'm not saying you should do the same thing, but I used Provigil and Modafinil. I got a prescription for those. Um, I was diagnosed. I just had my doctor diagnose me with um, shift work sleep disorder because I was running Clovis at the same time as playing six gigs per week to like four in the morning. So I was like working at 7 a.m., working to launch a startup company in e-commerce and then playing all these gigs and travel gigs and sleeping in hotels and all this stuff. Um, I'm not saying you should use Provigil or anything like that, but the other question is if you're a shift worker, then all that really matters, it's not ideal, but all that really matters is that you still have a routine. Um, there's nothing worse than like um, the like the nurse situation where they do like three 12-hour shifts and have three 12-hour shifts off and then their other four days of the week is like they just do whatever. Like having a consistent sleep schedule is really, really important. So if you're a shift, work or a shift worker, ideally you would keep that same routine seven days a week. And it's not ideal. I think you're going to need to supplement with things with mel like melatonin. You would have to use the sun in specific ways for to make sure you're getting sun in your skin and vitamin D. Um, some nutritional supplements would help you with that. I think you have to take really, really careful measures to make sure your sleep environment is perfect like I did. I had blackout curtains. Um, my, my Nest thermostat was set to a specific temperature. I slept with eye masks. Um, I mean, I have whole articles on I Am Clovis and whole podcast episodes just about sleep hacking and how to make your sleep the best it can possibly be because I was a shift worker for 17 years as a professional musician. Um, yeah, I mean, I literally played till last call, which is 3 a.m. for 10 years straight in Nashville alone. Um, so I've dealt with this significantly. So let's bring that up on your call tomorrow as well. We can talk about that. Um, what else we got? Oh, crap. I still can't get a handle on sleep. You got to try your best. You got to try your best. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, great show. Amazing. I love I Dream of Genie. I used to watch I Dream of Genie on Nick at Night when I was like 10 years old. Golden Girls. Eli, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Love you too. Guys, go follow Eli. He's got, this dude's been on top of the game for coronavirus for like, pfft, well before anybody else. He was, he was, he was ranting about this shit before, before I even went into social quarantine. And I, I social distanced myself by voluntarily uh, March 12th. I've been in public three times since March 12th, um, and those were all just to stop into a, a grocery store. Mike, Qigong, just started nine, nine days now and about one month now. Cold shower, awesome, dude. Keep it, going, keep it coming, keep doing these things. Remember, consistency is king, consistency is king. Mike, what I really want to see from you is I want to be talking to you after you've got 60 days solid of doing stuff. Like, hey, man, I've done this every day for 60 days. That's what I want to see. Um, consistency, consistency, consistency. And for those of you that don't know, I know Mike very well. So I get to bust his balls whenever I want about his <laughs> his routines and stuff. All right. So the reason I really wanted to bring in this, this stress mitigating stuff is because there is a very real situation at hand that we all need to face. 
That very real situation is that the world is never going back to the way it was in January 2020. Ever. I want to be very clear about this. I'm saying this in a Facebook Live video that will become a podcast and will get posted on my Instagram and will live on the internet infamously for the rest of time. I'm going on record and telling you, I promise you, we are never going back to the way the world was in January 2020. Might look similar, but there will be changes. I promise you. And the sad fact here that we have to understand is that many, many people are going to lose their jobs. Many people are going to lose their homes. Entire industries will probably go extinct and not come back. Like I think gone are the days of strip shopping malls, right? I don't think that that's coming back. Uh, the number of businesses that will switch to 100% remote business model after this, it's going to be staggering. I mean, think about it. some old school dude who has a multi-million dollar business, who has this big ass office with all this office furniture and crazy electric bills and servers and all this stuff. And now his entire team is at home working remotely and the productivity is exactly the same. Why would he continue to waste money on brick and mortar, which I do believe is a complete waste of money? That's just my opinion. But I'm telling you, these things are going to change. The same goes for most schools. Schools are going to switch to remote learning. There's still going to be brick and mortar schools. Those will come back. Yes, there's still going to be the Harvards and the Princetons of the world, but a lot of things are going to change, okay? Now, I promise you one thing in all of this. If you do not adapt and become technologically literate very quickly, your future is going to be far more painful than it will be for the people who adapt. Now, let's pause. Let's take a breath here, okay? Before anybody jumps down my throat, I want to be very clear. I am not saying that this is fair. I am not saying that this is right. I'm not saying that this doesn't suck. I'm not saying that this is not an impossibly awful situation. I'm saying it is the reality. That's it. There is no good, bad, right, or wrong here. There is simply the new reality. Now, for the vast majority of people watching this, you would be doing yourself a huge favor to dedicate at least some small portion of your day to learning new skills that can help you earn income from anywhere in the world, wherever you have access to Wi-Fi. There is zero doubt about that in anyone's mind. This would be a very good idea right now, but I see what's happening online and I see the conversations from the influencers that are like trying to be empathetic and supportive, but they're really kind of screwing people over with bad advice because what I see happening is I can feel people putting this off. I can feel people procrastinating. I can feel people looking into the past and some hope that life exactly as they knew it will come back in a matter of weeks. They're waiting. They're sitting on their hands and waiting. And I promise you, thinking that life as we knew it is coming back is a false belief. And the time for you to act is right now. Now, some people like the content that I've been putting out lately about personal responsibility and what to do in this time. And some people really don't like what I've been putting out because of the personal responsibility that I'm putting on their shoulders. But again, like it or not, it doesn't change the actual reality of the situation. So I need people to understand if you are in a really bad spot right now, particularly when it comes to finances, then the reality of the situation is you were very reliant on one particular system that has failed you. The cliche term of all your eggs in one basket, right? 
If that is true, I am so incredibly sorry that that has happened to you. Truly, it is not fair. But I need you to understand that if your plan for dealing with it is to simply wait for that very same system to recover so you can go back to that very same system that has failed you, you are setting yourself up for more pain than you can even imagine. I promise you that. And with the life that I've built for myself, this recession-proof thing that I've built, the things I've learned along the way by trying so many different things and building a particular talent stack that allows for these various sources of income that are not connected, with all of this experience and the resources and the network I have of people, this amazing network I have globally that gives me really good advice, I seriously could not live with myself if I just got on here and told you fucking rainbows and unicorns, don't worry, none of this is your fault, there'll be somebody there to write you a check, someone's going to pay your bills for the next 12 months and you can go back to your XYZ brick and mortar job eventually, don't worry, I would be lying to you, that would make me an asshole, everybody, okay? So I couldn't live with myself if I didn't tell you the reality of the situation, which is that you can make a decision to change your entire life right now. You can begin right now to put in the work that it takes to learn entirely new skills and start entirely new careers, singular or plural, right now. You can do this. I promise you this. In fact, in the last three weeks, I've taken a ton of coaching calls and all those coaching calls have been about this very thing. I think in the last three weeks, I've had one coaching call where we even discussed nutrition at all. It's been all finance, career, and entrepreneurship and learning new skills, talent stack. That's all I've been talking about, right? This is where we are, everyone. This is the new reality. These are the things that people are concerned about. This really is an adapt or die situation. You're in an adapt or die situation. Yes, you can rely on checks from the government, et cetera, et cetera, but I can promise you that if that is your only game plan, you're putting all your eggs in the government basket, the future does not look bright for you. So you have to decide like, what kind of person are you gonna be? What kind of example are you gonna set for your kids? That's a big thing. I love asking people that, that have kids. What kind of example are you gonna set for your kids? Because I can tell you right now, here's what's happening in the political space, which has been hilarious to watch, is you know we've all seen the social media during the Trump election or social media during the Barack Obama elections and the, everyone's so opinionated, right? Well, now there's all these pendulum swings happen. I see an awful lot of these hardcore right-wing Republicans who are approaching their retirement years now and they've spent the last 10 years on social media fighting with socialists, fighting with Democrats, screaming about how entitlement programs are a drain on the system and people should pull themselves up by their bootstraps and get a fucking job and blah, 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 blah. And now these older people are just flat out refusing to learn anything new and they're doing this, screaming about how they need their stimulus checks faster and somebody needs to take care of me, right? And then you got the other side of the pendulum swing where you got these moronic socialist millennials with rich parents who are looking to the Elon Musks and the Bill Gates of the world. They want the innovators to swoop in and save everybody. They don't realize that innovators like Elon Musk only exist thanks to capitalism. Innovators don't come from socialist societies. They just don't. So it's incredible to me to watch these people's beliefs just crumble with any kind of pressure whatsoever. It just shines a giant spotlight on all of the holes that people have within their own little silly belief systems that they own, those belief systems only work for them when they're benefiting them perfectly.
That's really where we're at. And the other thing I want to be clear about is I'm not just picking on the majority of the population who are nine to five folks. Everyone thinks that I'm like anti nine to five. No, I'm not even talking about nine to fivers. So I'm not saying only traditional careers were hit by this. So I'm going to give you an example here, right? I am saying that everyone, every living human in America should have multiple sources of income at any moment in their lives that are not interdependent on one another, period. You can't live that way. You cannot live your life with one source of income that can go away with the snap of a finger because of something like a pandemic. That is not sustainable, everybody. It's a very poor plan. It's also the entire plan fed to us by the public school system, the public education system. This is what we've been told and it has failed everyone, okay? You need completely separate sources of income and you need multiple of them. And I'll give you a non-traditional example so you know I'm not picking on the nine to fivers. I had a great conversation with a very good friend of mine yesterday who is a very, very successful musician, okay? He has toured the world many times over playing sold out stadiums with huge named artists, okay? Living the rock star dream. And now he has virtually zero income. And by anyone's standards, my buddy has an unusual job. He's very much outside the traditional career path and he still got wrecked by this thing. He's in the same scenario where he had all his eggs in one basket. So I'm not just picking on nine to fivers here. So now I've been sharing resources with my friend on how he can maybe start a coaching program or do consulting calls with young up and coming musicians on how he makes money doing studio work. He can do more studio work online, freelancer gigs. He can start a podcast, maybe get sponsorships because he's sponsored by all these cymbal companies and stick companies because he's a drummer, right? Get those same people to sponsor your podcast, put out stuff there, still make income from that, right? But I'm saying you can pivot, you can adjust, you can adapt. And if you don't do those things, the 2020 economy will chew you up, spit you out and leave you in the dust. I promise you that. But what I'm trying to get you guys to see is think about how much better the position that my buddy is in would be if he had started some of these other streams of income prior to the pandemic happening. What everyone's doing now is they're having the oh shit moment. I compare, <laughs> I compare it to pregnancy, honestly. Right? <laughs> Most people never resource, ne never research a single second about being a parent until they're pregnant. And they go, oh shit, I should probably figure this out, right? That's basically what's happening with coronavirus right now. Like people think I'm a nutcase because I've read a bunch of books on parenting. Like I just, it intrigues me. It just does. And I don't have kids and I don't have plan on having kids anytime soon. Right. But I, I think the possibility is probably there. There's probably good odds that at some point that's going to happen in my life. You know what I mean? I'd rather be prepared. So that's the thing. It's like my buddy would be in a better position if he set up these alternative income streams prior to his job being pulled out, the rug being pulled out from underneath him and him losing his job completely. He'd be in a much better position. And that's what I'm trying to talk to you guys about with all this economic content and all this entrepreneurship content that I've been putting out, talking to you guys about being recession-proof. I'm trying to get you to understand that, right? You sit there like this, twiddling your thumbs, sit on your hands and just go, okay, this is just gonna be a multi-month Netflix binge until my boss calls me and tells me it's safe to come back. If you're relying on that, you're fucked, okay? I need you guys to understand that. You completely, completely and utterly. You cannot rely on this system anymore. You absolutely cannot. I promise you, okay? Let me dig into some comments here, see what's going on. Boop, boop, boop. Divorce will skyrocket. Oh my God, there's so much stuff that's that's skyrocketing. It's really bad. Divorce will skyrocket. Um, 
babies being made will skyrocket. Uh, their domestic violence is up. Uh, child abuse is up. Uh, all sorts of crazy stuff is up. There's a lot of things that happen when the economy shuts down like this. is really not good. Techno-savvy. Yeah. Be techno-savvy, everybody. Take up techno-dancing. Or get on GarageBand and make your own techno tracks. Why not? That'd be cool. You're a big bully, Justin. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> what else we got here? Cameron. Yeah, I just fell on hard times with the U.S. Marine Corps. Dumping the pride and exploring new options within the military and contracting. That's it, man. That It doesn't have to be a... a, a a moment of like a doesn't have to be like a pride thing or an ego thing you know what i mean it's just this is the reality that that's the hard thing about self-awareness is there's a term called uh good money after bad but good money after bad is also or also called like the sunk cost theory right people do this thing where let's say you went to school to be an accountant and now you're one year into being an accountant and you hate your job so much that you literally want to kill yourself but you're like i have a hundred thousand dollars in student debt because I went to school to be an accountant. So if I quit being accountant, being an accountant right now, that $100,000 is wasted. That's such a silly way to look at the world. It's not even funny. This, this is sunk cost theory and people get hung up in this all the time. Whereas you could look at, I had the experience of college. I had a four-year college experience and all the social networking that went along with that. And I made friends and I learned some things in these classes. I can use these accounting skills towards becoming an entrepreneur, becoming an online freelancer or whatever. That's that sunk cost. It's sunk cost, but it's not wasted cost. You don't have to live miserably as an accountant for the next 40 years because you went to school for it. In fact, if you hate that job, get out of that job and find something new, you will probably make far more money if you do something that you enjoy, you'll probably have far more success, make far more money over the long haul, but people get trapped in that sunk cost mindset and it's really, really bad, right? So you can't get stuck in that sunk cost mentality because you'll just chase and chase and chase the same thing. So this is what's, what's happening with people is they're going, well, my identity is X career and X career was just taken away from me, but I still think my identity is X career. So I'm just going to hold on. I'm just going to wait for the stimulus check. I mean, the government just printed $2.2 trillion. Printed $2.2 trillion out of thin air. They're suggesting another printing of $6 trillion. We're in a situation where they can continually do this and collapse the entire U.S. dollar. They can collapse all fiat currencies. We have a massive inflationary period. I mean, there's, there is some crazy shit going on right now. We, you can't just have everyone relying on a system that prints new money, Right. So it's just, you have to adapt and pivot. You absolutely have to, right? You got no choice. And everyone compares it to like a zombie apocalypse. Like I promise you, if this was a zombie apocalypse and you had to learn to use a gun, you'd learn to use a gun real fucking quick. You would absolutely learn to use a weapon very quickly if there were zombies trying to eat your brains, trying to get in your door. You might not want to shoot a gun. No part of you might want to shoot a gun. Sometimes you have no choice. That's all there is to it. That's all I'm saying is we have to deal with the reality at hand. And this is the new reality. So hit me with some comments here. Let me know if you guys are enjoying this conversation. Um, I have a, a, a question about sugar burners versus fat burners. We can dig into that if you want to. I still got some time left here. We can talk about some metabolic pathways and talk about something that has nothing to do at all with coronavirus if you want to. And I can tell you guys that even me, like I've been doing bodybuilding workouts in my house in terms of getting back to stress mitigation. I've been doing like keno body type bodybuilding stuff because um, most of my training is ridiculously stressful. 
like two days a week, I go and get my ass beat by professional jujitsu fighters. And then when I'm home, I swing the heaviest possible kettlebells that I can come up with. I swing, like I literally with a 70 pound kettlebell, I move 7,000 pounds of weight in a five minute period, right? And Turkish get-ups and all that. It's just, con I constantly punish myself and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not swinging kettlebells. I'm not doing like really intense stuff. I'm not doing any really intense cardio. Um, just doing really slow controlled stuff right now. And it's been really, really enjoyable. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, Karen, I can't see any new comments. Uh, open a new tab and just uh, copy and paste the link. I'm gonna try that right now to see if I'm missing any new comments as well because Facebook Live has just not been cooperating with me recently. And I think it has to do with probably the, the increased use of Facebook and everything right now. So let me see if there's any uh, additional comments I can find here. Just a second. Yeah, no, just the one new comment uh, prior to yours, um, Karen. So I hope I'm not missing comments here. Thank you. Okay, cool. We got another one coming in. There we go. Uh, so what do you guys think? You want to talk about sugar versus fat burning or you want to stick on coronavirus? You got any questions for me? I'll wait a second here. If I don't get any questions, I'll dig into uh, this other question, which is pretty cool. Dum, dum, dum. Man, I hope I'm not missing comments here. This is really troublesome. Flow roll BJJ. Yeah, um, you can flow roll BJJ, but with who? That's the question, right? Um, social distancing. I can't really think of many people that I would want to flow roll BJJ with right now unless I knew the person's home life for sure, right? If you know that somebody has been on um, you know, social distancing or something like that, then... Yeah, I guess you could get together with them and, and flow roll if you were both comfortable with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe nothing wrong with that. Karen, I heard kettlebells was the fastest way to lose weight. That is very false. Um, exercise has virtually nothing to do with weight loss. Um, so, I mean, I love kettlebells. Kettlebells are one... Uh, kettlebells might be my favorite overall fitness tool ever, ever created, right? Um, so I love them. But fitness has virtually nothing to do with fat loss. Uh, at all. Uh, fitness can aid in total weight loss, which is a useless measure of any kind of health, um, but really not fat loss. In terms of fitness, actually, let me dig into this question now um, because of this. So I'll read you this question and then I'll explain how fat loss in the human body works. So here's this question. Is it possible for a body to be both a sugar burner and fat adapted? Thinking of the endurance athlete type we've mentioned before. Michael Phelps, for example, with his famously terrible diet, yet still able to perform at a high level during a workout or race when at a caloric deficit. So one, I think this person's a little incorrect about the caloric deficit thing. Um, Michael Phelps, even his long races are, are quite short, right? So we don't, have, we don't know. He's not living at a caloric deficit. That's, that's not the case. Um, so I will walk you through how these metabolic pathways work. So the short answer for the question here, and this will go to um, Karen's kettlebell question as well. Ket kettlebells are extremely glycolytic. That is not a fat-burning workout. It is just not, right? Kettlebells are amazing for countless things, um, but I wouldn't put them at the top of my list for a fat-burning workout, and I'll tell you exactly why. So to answer the question, short answer, yes, every living, living human being on planet Earth is a sugar burner and a fat burner. By default, we have to be. If we didn't, we would die. 
So the human body has multiple different energy systems. And I've talked about this in other podcasts as well, but your cells need ATP to function. That's the currency of energy flowing through the body, right? And there are three different energy systems that create ATP. But the thing is all those different energy systems, they work simultaneously all of the time, okay? 100% of the time they're all working, but at any moment, only one of them is the primary supplier of energy. So we look at these three different pathways, right? We have the creatine phosphate pathway, we have the anaerobic pathway. It's also called the lactic acid system, right? And I talk about this as glycolytic work. And then we have the aerobic system. The aerobic system is what should fuel everything. That's literally oxidizing triglycerides and fatty acids and stored body fat. Like the aerobic system is the only one that puts the primary source of fuel as stored body fat under the right conditions. It's the only one that does that. There is one energy system in the entire body that puts the emphasis on burning body fat. And glycolytic work is not it. CrossFit is not it. High intensity interval training is not it. Swinging kettlebells is not it. Sprinting is not it. All the shit that people do to try to lose weight, beach body, insanity, all this fucking nonsense is not fat burning. You guys have to understand this, okay? Now, the real question here is, what is the efficiency that each one of these metabolic pathways operates at in the individual? So if we live in a perfect world, all human bodies would be in a state of perfect metabolic flexibility. Now, I will say from testing that I've done on myself, a tremendous amount of testing, I am very metabolically flexible, right? What this means is each and every energy system is only utilized at the appropriate time based on the demand placed on the body like a well-oiled machine. This is in a perfect world, right? But here in the real world, most people suffer from metabolic inflexibility. And one of the primary rate limiting factors of this actually is your VO2 max. And it drives me nuts because your VO2 max is literally just how much oxygen your body is able to utilize during a maximum effort. Like how efficient is your body at getting oxygen to the organs that need it to take nutrients and convert them into energy to oxidize nutrients, right? That's literally it. It's your aerobic fitness level. But the problem is the higher your VO2 max, undoubtedly, the better your overall health, the better your metabolic health, but virtually nobody trains this and they don't train it correctly. Like I see CrossFit people doing these crazy intense Metcon workouts with like fucking masks on their face. And they're like, I'm increasing my VO2 max. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're doing glycolytic training to increase your VO2 max. This doesn't make any sense. This goes against how the energy pathways actually work. Okay. So in a, in a, a perfect world, again, like at rest during normal daily activities, fats, fatty acids, being oxidized are the primary source of energy. Provides like 80 to 90% of your energy. Carbs provide like five to 15% and then protein in very rare circumstances can be 2% maybe of your energy, maybe 5%. But this is different for every individual based on their current metabolic health and flexibility, okay? So average people who are metabolically inflexible they just have these constant levels of glucose in the blood that are so high that the body's forced to utilize glucose as the primary fuel source when I just told you that fat should be the primary fuel source for virtually everything. So these people end up like tapping the creatine phosphate system constantly. Their VO2 max is in the toilet. They can't oxidize fats because they're metabolically broken. So things like walking upstairs, they're having to tap into like the creatine phosphate system or God forbid, tap into the anaerobic lactic acid system to walk up a flight of stairs. This is how broken people's metabolisms are. But what's happening is this body has a surplus of excess energy at all times, right? 
and it's never given the body, it's never gives the body a chance to enter into, if you remember in my basis of human metabolism, I talk about anabolism and catabolism. You're never letting the body enter a state of catabolism where it has to actually harvest stored body fat to break apart triglycerides to get to those fatty acids and glycerol molecules. You never give the body a chance to even enter a state of catabolism to burn stored body fat for fuel through that aerobic pathway. Now that system, the aerobic pathway should be the primary driver of all low level activity from laying on the couch to going out to check your mail to light jogging. It should all be driven by fatty acids, right? So you'll hear all these fitness influencers, again, talking about HIIT training for fat loss and blah, blah, blah. They're completely wrong. And when people claim things like sprints are good for fat loss, I'll explain to you exactly how this works, right? So the creatine phosphate system is also called the ATP-CP system, creatine phosphate. It creates ATP from creatine phosphate, right? So what they're saying, what these trainers and everything are saying, because they don't understand human biochemistry, is they're saying that the best way to burn fat is to literally blast through every other single speck of potential energy that could be converted into ATP, any nutrient that could be converted into ATP. You have to blast through all those metabolic pathways to eventually burn fat once all those systems are depleted. Not only is that dumb and inefficient, it's miserable, okay? So you have to tap out the ATP-CP system, which utilizes the creatine phosphate, because that system craps out after 15 to 20 seconds of high-intensity exercise. Then you tap into the anaerobic pathway, which is the lactic acid system. And the lactic acid system craps out anywhere from 20 minutes to maybe maximum up to two minutes. Like if you're an athlete athlete, you can maybe last two minutes using the lactic acid system. Now, once that's done, you then eventually tap into the aerobic system, right? So once you've maxed out the creatine phosphate system, once you've maxed out the lactic acid system, by the way, you're now producing too much lactic acid and your liver can't clear it. That's where that terrible burning sensation comes from. When you burn out those pathways, what happens is you fail. You literally can't continue. This is why you can only sprint for a certain amount of time. You eventually slow down. You eventually can't move your legs. You eventually have to lay on the ground, right? So they're saying burn out all those systems, go to complete and utter exhaustion. After depleting both of those two systems, the body's only choice is to stop all strenuous activity. You lay down on the ground huffing and puffing like after a CrossFit workout. And then the body's only choice is to tap into stored body fat or you die, okay? (laughs) So then you tap into the aerobic system. So instead of understanding that we could literally, with proper nutrition, as long as nutrition is proper, we can be using the aerobic system to burn stored body fat virtually 99% of the entire day, which makes body fat a non-issue. Or we could have a shitty diet like most athletes and rely on burning out all of those systems anytime that we want to tap into our own body fat stores. This makes exactly no sense. Now, Also, once you're exhausted and laying on the ground, huffing and puffing, this is the point where those very same trainers will tell you that you need to spike your insulin and spike your glucose by downing a big carbohydrate-rich post-workout shake to replenish your muscle glycogen, which hits the off switch on any potential body fat burning instantly. So you do all that hard work, eat a crappy diet, do all that hard work to burn off the crappy diet, work hard enough to completely exhaust yourself and enter a state of fat burning. And then you turn the fat burning switch off instantly by dumping more carbohydrates in the system and spiking your insulin. 
Do you guys see why you should literally fire most of your trainers and stop listening to them whatsoever? These are the same people that will tell you the fastest way to lose weight is kettlebells. Uh, no, because I could feed you an improper diet and you could swing kettlebells all day, every day, and never lose any body fat. 100%. Doesn't matter how many kettlebells you swing if your diet is shit. So the far more efficient way to burn body fat is just utilizing proper nutrition or speed it up with fasting and combine that with aerobic threshold training. When I tell you guys about aerobic threshold training, that is the maximum heart rate that you can operate at and still be burning fat as your primary source of fuel. Walking burns fat. Aerobic threshold just puts a little bit more energy creation there. You require more ATP, therefore you burn more fat, but you're not working hard enough to tap into the creatine phosphate system or to tap into the lactic acid system. This is why I get results in everybody. It's really that simple. I teach you to burn the maximum amount of body fat via the combination of proper nutrition and proper exercise. And once you see it through this lens, fat loss is dead simple. It is the easiest thing in the world. And you don't have to suffer through awful, painful, complete exhaustion and lactic acid burning and all this shit, right? And it, it also lets you see that for the average person, 99.99999% of the population is exercising to improve their physique but they're eating as if they are exercising to increase performance, like a professional athlete, like a Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps has a terrible diet because the only goal for him is maximum performance output. He doesn't care what his body looks like. He wants to be the best swimmer in the world. Now, granted, with that workload, eight hours a day in a pool, he still looks shredded, okay? You want to put in eight hours a day in a pool to be shredded? Be my guest. I don't want to do that. For the 99% of the population that's exercising for physique, they're doing it all wrong. Carb loading before, carb loading after, it's absolutely ridiculous. This is also the reason why like division one athletes, I've worked with multiple division one college athletes eight years after their division one career and they're 400 pounds because they kept eating as if they were a D1 college football player practicing and playing in games and everything. And they're huge now and they need me to literally save their lives so they don't die. There you go. I, I literally, I need to clip that, that last, I can't believe I got through that in less than 15 minutes. I'm looking at the clock right now. I literally just taught you all of the secrets of fat, fat burning, period. That simple. That's why I tell people, I'm like, want to, want to lose fat? Do a 13 hour fast every day. And at the very end of that 13 hour fast, go outside and walk for an hour. And then when you get back from that walk, get in an ice cold shower. There you go. Secrets of fat burning. Want to boost it even more? Prior to the walk, drink a big giant cup of black coffee. Nothing in it, just black coffee. Don't cheat. It's important that it is black coffee. 13 hour fast, black coffee, go for an hour walk, get in a cold shower. Do that for 30 days and you tell me how much fat you lose. It will be way more fat than you would lose from swinging kettlebells. I assure you. Now again, I'm not talking about total body weight loss. I don't care about body weight loss. I care about fat loss. People use this term weight loss and it still maddens me. Why does anybody use the term fat weight loss? It's so stupid. Weight loss is dumb. Fat loss is where it's at. Fat loss is everything, right? That's what we want. Fat loss. That's the goal. So anyway, I got a feeling that comments aren't working correctly. Facebook lives really let me down over here, everybody. I'm going to do one. I'm going to open up one more tab here and see if there are any more comments that I've missed, because it's a total bummer.
Sorry, guys. I wish it was working properly. Yeah, 180 rule, Dave, 100%. Jackie, that's super clarifying. Yeah, that's it. Once you, once you understand, that, but that's the thing, Jackie, is you got to understand, nobody understands the different energy pathways in the body. They just don't. They just don't. You know, it's like, I, I hate to say this. Like, guys, I have three nutrition certifications that, in my opinion, are all wildly underqualifying for anything. Like, I did them just so I would have credentials. This is all, everything I just taught you is self-taught because I have a bookshelf in the next room that's full of advanced human metabolism textbooks. I chose to do that, right? I promise you, this is not like your, your personal trainer at Gold's Gym or your personal trainer at Planet Fitness or whatever. They're not gonna teach you what I just taught you in the last 15 minutes off the top of my fucking head. This stuff drives me nuts, guys. I don't know why this, this is not secrets, not secrets, like it's literally just how the body works, right? Karen, so intermittent fasting is the best routine to adhere to. No, so Karen, what you're doing here, um, and this is what everyone does, you're trying to add things. So you're saying, how do I, like kettlebells are good for weight loss. You're trying to add kettlebell workouts. Or intermittent fasting is the best thing to do for fat loss. No, intermittent fasting is adding something to your protocol. So intermittent fasting, kettlebells, all these things. If your nutrition is not proper nutrition, you're not going to lose fat. It's not going to happen. So I can't, like you're asking me to answer, intermittent fasting is the best routine to adhere to. Intermittent fasting can be wonderful. But if your diet while you're eating is complete shit, then no, I can't, I, I can't tell you that that's gonna work for you. Intermittent fasting probably won't work. If the diet while you're eating is poor enough, then intermittent fasting isn't gonna work either. It's the same way that you could have a crappy diet and sing, swing kettlebells three hours a day and not necessarily lose body fat. There's a lot of fat CrossFitters that do CrossFit every day. There's a lot of fat endurance athletes who run marathons that have way too much body fat, you know? So that's just the question. The best thing you can do, Karen, is get custom macros from me. I mean, look at what I just taught you literally in a 10-minute time frame. That's it. Work with me. Go to iamclovis.com slash coaching. Get yourself a custom nutrition plan, and we'll just make sure your nutrition is right while you're eating. And then we can talk about maybe intermittent fasting is right for you. But I see intermittent fasting go terribly wrong for a lot of women because the nutrition while they're eating is not proper. And that's, that's a real problem. Chris, best way to maintain aerobic threshold with no equipment without leaving your house. Air squats, push-ups. Um, so Chris, that depends because you need to at least be able to monitor your heart rate. There is no way for you to know off the top of your head if you are in the aerobic zone. Now, you could use some tricks like can you carry on a conversation without huffing and puffing while doing those things? But I promise you, man, air squats, push-ups, all those things, you will spike over what would be your aerobic threshold heart rate in three minutes. And this is the other thing is it depends on where your, your current metabolic health is at. People get pissed at me when I have them do 180 rule training, which is aerobic threshold training, which is I put a chest strap heart rate monitor on them and I have them go outside and jog. The idea is to take 180 minus your age. If you're 30 years old, you can go 150, right? 150 is your max. Most people in America that come to me, if they are at a brisk walking pace, they spike way over their heart rate because their VO2 max sucks, because their metabolic systems are broken, because they can't oxidize fat properly. So I can't answer that question for you. Most people, by the time they get to Clovis, they do 10 push-ups and their heart rate's gonna be way above, they're already into the ATP CP system or their full-blown anaerobic training at that point because their bodies just suck at burning fat. 
So that's a that's a real big thing there. It's and that, this is why I do custom nutrition plans and I work with people specifically and I have you get something like a heart rate monitor. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, dude, like most people could spike over their, their aerobic threshold, like walking around their house, no joke. So it's really important that you have something to monitor. Cause the other thing is once you get past that aerobic system, then you're just burning sugar and you will end up in a catabolic state where you're stripping your own lean mass. This is another reason why people that do CrossFit will end up being just chubby or like skinny fat because their workouts are so hard that they're catabolizing their own muscle tissue to get at amino acids in desperate situations where they need energy and they still don't tap into their body fat stores. It's really bad, right? Like bad workout, bad exercise training protocols can crush you. Um, Karen, I have lots of great smoothies. See, I would beg to differ. Um, There are virtually no smoothies that I know of besides the protein powder that I invented in my kitchen that I recommend for people. So if I look through your smoothies and your smoothies are just like a ton of fruits and vegetables and you're just getting a ton of carbohydrates and dietary fiber, right? Like I would rather shift your diet to be a high protein diet, low energy diet, right? So a lot of people think that they're having these delicious green smoothies that they think are great for them and they're causing all sorts of problems and fat gain um, because I really am not a fan of smoothies. The way most people do smoothies is like not good. The only smoothies that I know of that uh, that are that are remotely beneficial that aren't something like perfect paleo powder is probably doesn't taste very good. You know what I mean? Like it's just people drink these delicious smoothies that taste like dessert. I promise you those are not a good idea. I I am not a fan of smoothies at all. And that's another thing that I watch people do is like they go to Barry's boot camp and do an hour long intense workout and then they go to Barry's boot camp smoothie bar and get a thousand calorie smoothie with 90 grams of sugar in it because, oh, but it's all fruits and vegetables. Okay, you just destroyed any chance at fat burning whatsoever. So I'm not a fan of smoothies at all, really. That's why I invented a protein powder. Like I literally invented a protein powder in my kitchen because most of what's on the market is nonsense, right? Amy, hmm, I wonder what mine would be. I was told mine is naturally higher because of the heart condition I was born with. Yeah, could be. I'm not a doctor and I certainly am not a cardiovascular expert to speak on a heart condition. Um, but I would, st- I would definitely get a, get a pol- I, I recommend the Polar H10, get a Polar H10 heart rate monitor, strap it to your chest and see what kind of activity you can do while staying under that aerobic threshold, which the easiest way to calculate it is the 180 rule, which was uh, made popular by a guy named Dr. Phil Maffetone. And I followed that myself uh, for a very long time. Like when I became fat adapted, I ate a fully ketogenic diet and did nothing but aerobic threshold training for 12 weeks straight. No weights, no high intensity stuff, nothing but aerobic threshold jogging. And I was 30 years old at the time, I remember, because my number was 150. So I stayed within 140 BPM and 150 BPM the entire time without ever going over 150. Now, when I started that that process, I was running like 13 minute miles. By the end of that 12 weeks, I was running eight minute miles at the same heart rate. That is true aerobic efficiency. That is increasing your VO2 max. I can do a higher output of physical activity at the same heart rate. That is increasing efficiency, overall efficiency of that metabolic pathway. Nobody trains this way. And I don't know why, because it makes you better at everything. Like when you have to go do glycolytic stuff like CrossFit or jujitsu or whatever, everything's better when you have that really strong aerobic base. But it's important that you take time off the rest of your training and truly get your system to be fat adapted. 
people come to me and they say like, oh man, I've been keto. I'm fully fat adapted. I don't think you are. I really don't think you are because if your aerobic system is not very efficient, then I wouldn't call you fat adapted. For most people that just go keto and they don't combine it with any kind of aerobic activity or anything like that, like increasing their aerobic efficiency, they just go keto. They go low carb for a while, decide that they're fat adapted. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If I throw 100 grams of carbohydrates in your system, you're going to go right back to burning sugar. Like your, your aerobic system is not that efficient, right? So it takes time. It takes a long time, everybody. Most of you come to me with three plus decades under your belt of just being metabolically inflexible. So it takes time to build that aerobic system. It takes time and discipline and patience and consistency. And people don't want to do it. I'm telling you, for 12 weeks straight, I did not break a single moment of a strict ketogenic diet and doing aerobic threshold training for 12 weeks straight, right? Yeah, the Polar H10 is pricey, dude. It's on uh, on Amazon, yeah. Um, when people get custom nutrition plans from me, I send them a link directly to that Polar H10. It's the best heart rate monitor. And then people go, oh, well, I won't. I saw the Polar H10, but I have this wristwatch thing that tracks my heart rate. Nope, it's not accurate. Wristwatches are not accurate for heart rate. They just aren't. You're going to screw yourself over if you try to save money on it, you know? So that's the tricky thing as well. Chest strap heart rate monitors are hands down the single most accurate way to measure your heart rate during physical activity. So you got to do that. Okay, I want to order your protein powder. Plus, I guess I have to give up my main source of protein being cheese and wasa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the, that's the thing, Karen, is like, yeah, I mean, you got to give up a lot, right? Your main source of protein is cheese. No chance that your diet is appropriate. No chance. I don't know anyone with a desirable body fat percentage, like really good body composition, that has cheese as a regular part of their diet. I can't think of anything worse. Can't think of anything worse, really. I'm telling you, cheese does not do anybody favors. I know it's delicious. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's literally designed to make you fat. That's it, you know? Sardines are good, yep. So if you can ditch the cheese and wasa light rye crackers, whatever those are, eat sardines, go get some wild-caught salmon, get some grass-fed beef, you know? So that's the thing is we just got to... We got to hone in on these things. So Karen, this is why I love custom nutrition plans so much because you and I would get together and talk and we would go through the things that you're eating and I would say, okay, look, swinging kettlebells and intermittent fasting is not going to do a lot for you when your primary source of protein in your diet is cheese and crackers. That's going to be a real problem. We got to fix that, you know? So that's the thing is everyone's looking to what to add when in reality, you got to look at what to take away first. Like cheese is an energy surplus for sure, and it's wildly inflammatory, okay? So you probably don't want that in your system. And the crackers, definitely don't want the crackers. No, not at all. Um, so remove those things. Remove things first. See how things change, you know? So it's, uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm here to help you through this stuff um, all the time. That's what I'm here for. Let me see. I'll post this link again here for a, this is a link for a custom nutrition plan. Boom. There you go. Grab that. We'll work together. And I'm telling you, that's the thing. It's like, this is, guys, this is why when I tell you all this stuff off the top of my head like this, it's like, this is why I offer a 100% money back guarantee on everything that I do. If you don't lose the body fat you want to lose, I'll just give you your money back. By the way, that happens never. I get results in everybody. That's it. We tweak, we change as we need to, and the results come every time in everybody. And there are people in this chat right now who know 
that sometimes they don't get the results that they want. And I go, okay, walk me through your day. And their face gets bright red. And they go, oh, and it turns out they're following 10% of the plan I gave them. So they have an honest conversation with me and go, yeah, I guess I wasn't doing the plan at all, right? <laughs> so that happens all the time too, but it's, yeah. So uh, Karen, I used to live in Italy and fell in love with great cheese. Yes, but okay, so that's actually a really good point. Um, food systems in European countries are much, much better, right? So I bet you that most of the dairy you were having out there was A2 dairy. Most of the dairy that you get here in America is A1 dairy. It's far more inflammatory. It's a different type of lactose, right? It's a different type of protein inside the dairy. So it's the same way like we have dwarf wheat here in America. There is certain wheat like einhorn wheat and these different things that are used in Europe that are far less problematic for human health. So a lot of people will move from a European country, come to America, go to the grocery store, buy pasta, buy cheese, buy bread, things that they're used to eating in Europe. And all of a sudden they've been in America for 90 days and they've gained 40 pounds and haven't changed their diet at all. The food system is that different. It's, it's wildly dramatic. I have, I've actually known functional medicine practitioners that have had patients in the US that are so problematic with food sensitivities and allergies and inflammation and all these things where the the nutritional, uh, the, the functional medicine practitioner finally says, hey, if you want my honest opinion on this, you should move to Europe. And they mean it. And some people can move to Europe. Like some people are lactose intolerant in America and move to Europe and eat cheese and they're totally fine. Now, some people are lactose intolerant, eat cheese and have no problem because there's a lot less lactose and casein in cheese than there is in like milk. Like milk is really a huge problem. Ice cream is a huge problem, all those things. Um, but you get the point is the food systems are different. The food quality is drastically different. So in Italy, you're probably pretty safe with some of those cheeses you were eating. Um, the other thing you could try here in the States is raw raw um, sheep or goat's milk. Um, cheese meaning like, like cheese from raw sheep's milk or raw goat's milk. Um, and see if you handle that a little bit better. But cheese absolutely cannot be your primary source of protein. You're gonna be at a, a massive caloric surplus. To get the kind of protein that you would need, the kind of protein that I would put you on with a custom nutrition plan, you'd be taking in thousands of calories of cheese to get that amount of protein. It just wouldn't work. There's no chance. So you definitely don't wanna uh, don't want to do that. We should work together, it'd be really fun. I would love to hash this out with you. So I went way over everybody. I hope you enjoyed this AMA, AMA number 109, a bit about coronavirus, a bit about metabolic pathways. I'm gonna chop that metabolic pathway thing up into its own video because um, yeah, people need to know this stuff, man. It's so dead simple, absolutely dead simple. Uh, raw kefir, I don't know, Sam. Sam says, what do you think about raw kefir? I'm on the fence because um, you really have no way of knowing what you're dealing with. You know, there is, there's good, bad, right, wrong, whatever you wanna call it of things like, um, food regulations, right? Like if you have pasteurized, homogenized milk and things like that, people go, oh, raw milk's better. Yeah, sure, but it's still like unregulated, you know? So that's kind of the thing that you run into with kefir is you get your kefir grains and you make your kefir and all those things and you don't really know what's in there. You don't really know what amount of probiotics you're getting. You don't really know what strain of probiotic bacteria you're getting. Like you don't have a lab that can test your kefir and tell you exactly what you're getting. So for me personally, I don't do kefir. I don't have any kefir in my life at all. I just don't do it, right? The closest thing I get to like purposefully taking in foods for probiotic content is I really, really like um, fermented, uh, I, I like sauerkraut. Really, really like sauerkraut. And I like Bubby's fermented pickles. Bubby's fermented pickles I don't do for probiotics. I just do them because they're delicious. <laughs> this is amazing, right? Um, but raw kefir, 
I could really take it or leave it, honestly. I, I don't think that it is nearly the miracle food that, that people think it is, to be honest. I really don't. Um, I'm not a huge fan of all the the homemade cultures and stuff for probiotics. And now there, once upon a time, I was all in. Like me and my dad would make our own kombucha. My dad made his own kefir and all these things. And I just don't do it anymore, personally, you know. I bought it because the store was out of raw milk when I went. Kefir tastes terrible. And kefir is not good. And that's another thing that drives me nuts about store-bought kefir. Oh, so you're you're buying raw kefir. Okay, that's, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. You went and bought raw kefir. Yeah, kefir tastes not good. And that's another thing with um, uh, the kefir situation is people will go to stores to get kefir and they have all these kefir brands that taste like candy, like strawberry this and strawberry that. And it's like 40 grams of sugar. Like it's the same as like a can of Coca-Cola to get an eight ounce glass of, of kefir. Like they really ruin these brands and stuff. Um, but I don't go out of my way for those things. I just know that my diet is virtually perfect and my gut health is perfect as a result. So again, I've, I've really gotten off the wagon of trying to add as many things as possible. Like, oh, probiotics are good. I must need more probiotics all the time. Like I don't really... I, I don't do that anymore. And that could change because years ago I drank all the kombucha and drank all the kefir and my dad made it homemade and all these things and I went down that road as well. But uh, as new data comes out and I learn new things, I just don't think it's uh, really, I don't think I need it or, or that you need it, you know? Yeah, no, this one just had cumin and cinnamon added. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that didn't taste very good then. Kefir is super bitter. It's like super, super bitter. And it's kind of sour, like so, almost like sour and bitter. Won't buy again, just curious. Yeah, so it's always cool to try stuff, you know? Um, see how you like it. A lot of things too, like what a lot of people will do is they'll take something like raw kefir and they're putting like a few tablespoons. Like you could take, uh, you could try this, Sam. You could take a few tablespoons of that raw kefir and put it in one of your paleo powder smoothies. You know, like take some raw kefir, throw it in a paleo powder smoothie. It might thicken it up, change the texture a little bit. It might have a little sourness to it, but it might be really delicious. Um, so that's what I would tr- that's what I would try. If you have it, it's in your house. Like it's probably beneficial in some way, you know. So uh, try just a few tablespoons or a couple ounces or whatever you want to do, and throw it in one of those awesome paleo powder smoothies you make with like blueberries in it or whatever. Um, will probably be crazy, crazy good. I bet you'd really like that. So that's a good option there. All right, guys, I'm gonna jump off. Thank you so much for the questions and everything. You're amazing. AMA number one oh nine. This will be a podcast tomorrow and there will be a transcript because I'm using this new podcast app. So this new transcript thing will be pretty cool too. I'm excited about that. So thank you guys for hanging out. I appreciate it. If you have any questions, let me know. You can email me. You can find me on Facebook. You can like this, click the happy button, the love button, the smiley face, all the things. Give me all the engagement. I love the comments. Tag your friends. Share this on your wall. Again, like button, love button. Do it. Remember, the algorithm is loving Clovis right now. We talk about all this coronavirus stuff and it seems to really be helping people. Um, So just make sure that the algorithm really favors Clovis content and I can put this stuff out there and share it with people. So Share this as much as you can, and uh, I will chop this up into little clips and everything, put it on YouTube so you can learn all about your metabolic pathways and energy systems all over again until it's drilled in your head and you know it inside and out. So uh, thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Get off the screens and get some stress-free sleep. (laughs) Until tomorrow, in the groups. See you. Bye.